1: Everybody okay? Say amen if you're okay. Amen. I know it's kind of churchy. Just say yeah. Say yeah, I'm okay. Okay, y'all right? All right. The last several weeks we've been talking about the subject of confident parenting, and I don't know if you're like me. That uh, that's somewhat of an oxymoron, is it not? Hello. You ever you ever feel really really confident in your parenting? I don't. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't. Uh, And I don't claim to have it all together. I don't claim to be perfect. My kids aren't perfect. My home's not perfect. My parenting's not perfect. But I strive to be godly. I strive to live by Christian principles and values. And um, I don't always succeed at that. And I think it's important that we all realize that. The disclaimer in this entire parenting series that we've been talking about... Is that there are no perfect parents? That's a wonderful spot for an amen. There are no perfect parents. And let me say something else. Dad and mom, you don't have perfect children. Hello? Hello? You don't. None of us do. And sometimes pride and ego gets in the way when we talk to people about our kids. We build them up here. They're not. You know they're really not. Hello? They're just kids trying to figure it out. And they're going to make some mistakes. And they're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to come through valleys. You're going to have mountaintop experiences. Now to do something we do know about our children, we love them unconditionally. I guarantee you, I got my kids back, hello? They know that they got the support of their mom and dad. They know they have unconditional love of their parents, but they're going to make some mistakes and they have made some mistakes. And I'm going to make some mistakes and I have made some mistakes. So we're in this series on confident parenting. By the way, I was gone last week and Brother Daniel shared with you about the lesson of the Sabbath. And I hope you really take that to heart as a family. And I realize we're not under the Levitical law any longer. I realize that on Friday evening at 5.30, 6 o'clock to Saturday evening at 6 o'clock, which was the Orthodox Jewish Sabbath, we are no longer under that. Matter of fact, and someone tells you, you know, all this, even Sunday, Sunday's the Lord's day. Today we come and worship, but it, it's not, we, we got to be careful we don't get very legalistic in that. Hello? You know, I was kind of brought up under the preaching of you don't mow your grass, you don't wash your car, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do any work, you don't do any of that. You know, that's a little bit legalistic when you go there. Hello, you to honor the Lord, we're to worship Him today. But I'll be honest, can I be honest with you as a pastor? I work harder on Sunday than I do any other day of the week. So when you tell people about working on Sunday, I work on Sunday. Hello? But the point is that in everything that we do, we honor the Lord. Brother Daniel taught on the lesson of the Sabbath last week. And he was talking about, I haven't listened to all the podcasts, but I saw his sermon notes. And he, he was talking about building margin into your life and into your family. He was talking about rest and relaxation and building that into your family time. And guys, it's important that we do that as a family. It's important that we put on the schedule downtime. Because I promise you, our schedules will get so full. I mean, do you look at your calendar sometimes? Sometimes I look at my calendar I get completely overwhelmed when I see there's events and there's schedules and this and that and the other. But then I look at the times when I've scheduled quiet time, when I've scheduled relaxation, when I've scheduled recreation, when I've scheduled just family time. And you've got to put it on your schedule. Because if you don't, life will get so busy, you'll never build that margin and that rest, and that reserve, and that relaxation into your family time and into your life. you got to be intentional about that. So I appreciate Brother Daniel filling in for me last week and sharing that, um, but that is, that is, that's, that's probably one of the strongest messages in this whole thing is, is building that, that margin into your life. Today we're talking about the lesson of awe, A-W-E. We're talking about parenting and raising a family that's filled with awe. Now the awe that we're talking about is affection and warmth and encouragement. That's what we're talking about. We have spent our Sunday school class time unpacking some of that and getting into and having some great discussion along those lines. Guys, do you realize that probably one of the greatest gifts that you could ever give your family and the greatest gift you could ever have in your home is to be a home and a family that is filled with affection and warmth and encouragement. Now you gotta be intentional about that. Do you not? Everybody's looking on the screen. What's on the screen? The big idea. There it is. I was just wondering what you were looking at. You gotta be intentional about that, don't you? I mean, it's real easy to get caught up in the rush and the stress of life and, and all the meetings and the appointments and the ball games and the practices and going out to eat and getting dinner and trying somewhere in all of that time to find time to rest. Right? You've got to be intentional. Whenever we look at the, our families and we're trying to have a family and a, and a time in our lives and our family that's filled with affection and warmth and encouragement then we must be intentional about that. Let me ask you a question, I think it's in your notes, by the way take out your sermon notes and we're going to be working through some of that stuff today. Let me ask you a question, what kind of climate do you have in your home? What is the climate in your house and in your home? I want you to think back over the past week this past Monday through Saturday of this past week and if you have to gauge your home On whether it was warm and affectionate and encouraging on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you grade yourself? You see, a lot of times we look back and we think, oh man, I probably could have done this and that and the other. But But the problem is we go through this next coming week the same way we just went through the past week. And guys, you know what? That's the definition of insanity. You realize that, don't you? What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing but expecting different results. You see, if we don't change what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting, right? I mean, we are all producing something in our life, in our family, in our home, on the workplace, in our church. And if we like what we're producing, then we keep doing it. Maybe if we don't like it, we tweak it a little bit. But we've got to be intentional about changing up some things in our life. And by the way, parents, let me say this. When it comes to the climate in your house, and let me just say this also, whether you have kids or not, this still applies to you. When it comes to the climate of your home, I want you to understand it's the responsibility of the parent and not the child to set the climate in the home, right? You must be intentional about that. You as a parent, you are the emotional thermostat in in that home if you 're stressed, the whole house is going to be stressed if you 're upset, the whole house is going to be upset if you 're angry, everybody 's going to be angry. The tension 's going to build there and A lot of times we let our children set the tone. Listen, no, they don 't lead the home, and we don 't parent based on how our kids feel it 's our job as parents to set the tone. In the house, if it's going to be a house, and if the climate is going to be healthy, and if the climate's going to have a positive tone, if it's going to be a climate of warmth, we must choose that. The point I'm trying to say is this, the climate of our home cannot be the result of reaction. Because listen, there's going to be, I mean, we're going to be bombarded. This week, your home, especially if you have children, your home will be bombarded with issues and drama and situations right? Parenting scenarios that we unpacked this morning, our 9.30 Bible study. I mean, that stuff's going to come into your home this week. And the problem is a lot of times we are not intentional as parents. We're not striving to set the climate. We're not striving to set the affection and the warmth and the encouragement in the home. We're just reacting to what's happening. Well, then what happens is now we've let the children dictate what type of a home environment we're going to have and it's going to be based on what kind of day they had and they're going to bring that attitude into the home we're going to react to that and now that's kind of setting the tone in the house are you tracking with me this morning? this is all by way of introduction what we've got to do we've got to be intentional that we are going to choose to set the proper tone in the house okay? in the family that we're going to choose and we're going to be intentional that we're gonna have a home that's filled with warmth and affection and encouragement. It's gonna be a safe haven. Right? And it's not gonna be all the drama. We're not, it's gonna be this. And we've got to be intentional about that. Otherwise, we're just reacting to all the situations and the drama and the whatever the day unfolded for the for the children. And they bring that in and we just start reacting to all of to all of that. Jim Burns taught us this morning about a method in the home and it's parenting with awe. And once again, just let me say that there are no perfect parents. There is no perfect home. I know a lot of times when you go into a series like this, we beat ourselves up. And we look around. Have you ever done this? Have you ever looked around at other people in the church? And you, think, and you look at other families, you think, man, that family's just... And you just kind of imagine how perfect this family must be. Am I, am I, am I the only one that does that? Have you guys never done that? You don't ever look around, especially if you're new to a church. I mean, once you're here long enough, you realize everybody's got warts. Hello? I mean, once, you realize, once you're here long enough, you realize everybody stinks from time to time and everybody messes up and you can see warts and, and bad habits and bad karma or whatever else you want. I mean, you can see that after a period of time. But I'm talking about if you're new, you kind of come in, you get around some folks, man, that's, that's such a beautiful family. Man, they have got it all together. Listen, that's nothing but a lie of the devil. Okay? Don't sit here and beat up yourself or your family or yourself as a dad or yourself as a mother or yourself as a husband or yourself as a wife thinking, boy, if I could just get my home to be like theirs. Theirs is so perfect. No, it's not. You just haven't been around them long enough. You realize they got warts too. Right? Right? So I don't want you to beat yourself up, and I want to go into all this with that disclaimer that you understand that. So what does A-W-E stand for? It stands for affection, it stands for warmth, and it stands for encouragement. I want to try to unpack those three things just briefly this morning. Here's what I want you to do, to have a home of awe. By the way, I'm talking about the family, I'm talking about parenting, I'm talking about the home. But this lesson in particular speaks also of the church family. So I'm going to bring a parallel beside this. Not only the the family at home, but also the church family here at Victory Church as a whole. I want us to understand that this applies for us as well here today. Because guys, you realize what we are? We're family. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what scripture teaches. And, And because you have chosen to come to victory, because you have chosen to identify with this church body... You have chosen to be part of this church family. Well, you may look around and say, well, I don't want to be her brother or her sister. You know, listen, we're part of each other. We are a church family. A- and we must act like a church family. Hello? So therefore, not only do I want us to have families that at home that are families of awe, but I want us to have a church that's a church of ah, affection and warmth and encouragement. Hello? So let's let's bring that. I'm talking about the parents and I'm talking about your family and I'm talking about the home and how we need to be intentional in the home. But let's not separate that from the church. It's very much a part of our church as a family as well. Okay? So we're going to bring both of these into work as we work through these three. Number one, the first thing we all need to do is show lots of affection show lots of affection to our children, to our kids. We need to show a tremendous amount of affection to them. Now, here's what I've discovered. That's easy to do when they're toddlers, when they're babies and toddlers and running around and children, early elementary school. But here's what I've discovered. As kids get older, when they get into junior high and they get into high school and even into college, it's like they shy away from that affection. It's like almost they withdraw a little bit. And they don't really want to see mom and dad or feel mom and dad touching them or hugging them or kissing them. Let me tell you something. Your kids don't know what's best for them. They need the touches from a mom and a dad. So regardless how old they get, you keep the affection in the home. Don't you shy away from that whatsoever. Listen, there needs to be appropriate, loving gestures of touch. There needs to be words of of affection. There needs to be the encouragement that takes place in the relationship. Listen, Jesus even understood. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I want you to look in verse number 13. Jesus understood this principle of affectionate touching to the children. Now my son's twenty years old, my daughter's seventeen. My son's a junior at college. My daughter's a senior in high school. Last week we were down in Nashville, Tennessee, dropping him off at college, moving him in. You know the last thing I did to him, I gave him right there in front of God and everybody, students, everybody. I didn't care. I pulled him to me. I gave him a big old hug and I gave him a big old kiss. You say man to man? Yeah. I have kissed my boy since he since the first time he was. I saw him in the hospital room and I'll kiss him to this day. That's my boy. You say, well, you need to let him be a man. You need to withdraw a little bit. Mm-mm. No. You know why? Because I love him and I don't care who sees it. We are not too big to give each other a kiss on the cheek. You know what? I kissed him on the cheek. You know what he did to me? Kissed me on the cheek you know what that is? That's affection. Now there's days he wants to punch me and there's days I want to punch him. I don't want you to think we're always kissing each other. Okay. I'll tell you, we have ups and downs, but that was one of those high moments, you know, we're leaving him at college. And so we get, we have that time together. But the point I want you to see is that we need to have those affectionate touching taking place in an appropriate touching taking place in our home, touching and hugging and kissing and, and, and what have you, showing that affection in the home. I want you to, Jesus understood that look if you will in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 13 it says some people were bringing little children to him so that he might, what? touch them but his disciples rebuked them and when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You see, Jesus, what was he doing? He realized that these children needed to be touched, that they needed to be hugged, and he was bringing them to him. And you've seen the pictures of Jesus in, in the little children's Bibles. you see them where they're coming. They're sitting on his lap. And, and I'm just guessing all that's true, but the point is that he, he reached out to them, and he embraced them, and he gave them some appropriate affection. affection. Affection by touching them and hugging on them and giving them a kiss. Listen, guys, we need to do the same thing in the home. Our kids should never get too old that mom and dad cannot embrace them and give them a hug and give them a kiss on the cheek. I still do it to Kristen to this day. Every morning before she leaves for school, I go to her room or to her bathroom, and she's to the bathroom and she's in front of the mirror doing all that girl stuff. You guys understand all that. You know, us guys, we kind of go in there and we kind of just get it done. Give me about 10 minutes, I'll be ready. It's because I don't have much hair to take care of, I understand. But those girls are completely different, aren't they? And so before we leave, I go in there and I give her a big old hug. She's like, Dad, I got to get ready. Or Dad, you're wrinkling my shirt. Or Dad, you're messing up my hair. I don't care. I just want you to know that Daddy loves you today. And I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to give you a kiss. And guys, we need to be doing that. We need to show lots of affection in our home. If we're going to have this family and we're going to have this this home of awe, ah, we've got to show that affection. Now let's bring that into the church world. Guys, listen. My wife and I were talking this past week about our church and about where we are in our whole transition period and why we're filling some of the things that we're filling You see, there was a day at Victory Church when we had a building, Daryl. When we all showed up on Sunday morning at that building. And on Sunday morning, all we were worried about, all we were concerned about were the people that walked through that door. And as soon as they walked through that door, we were embracing them, we were greeting them, we were shaking their hands, we were giving them a hug. You know what we produced as a result of that? a friendly, warm, inviting, compassionate, caring church I'm gonna speak truth to you today over the last several months I haven't felt that here at Victory I'll be honest with you I feel that sometimes we've gotten cold we've gotten indifferent sometimes we don't speak to each other why is that we quit being affectionate as a church family why is that I think I know the answer the answer is now now on Sunday morning man I am so stressed to get here by 8 o'clock I just feel like I got to be here at eight o'clock, and I don't always make it at eight o'clock. This morning I had to go by the office. There were two or three last things I had to get to bring over here, so we'd have them for the service. And so I was there about ten to eight. I didn't had to wrap everything up. I didn't get over here at about ten or twelve. After I mean, I would just stress. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to be mad because I'm not there at eight o'clock. They're going to be ticked off. Where's the preacher? Why isn't he here helping us unload at eight o'clock? You know, all that's kind of running through my mind. And that starts all the way back at the house. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Folks are going to be there at eight o'clock, we got to be there to help them. So all this stress. And then when we get here, you know what we're concerned about? We're not really concerned about the people that walk through that door. We're concerned about getting the chairs set up. We're concerned about getting the sound system set up. We're concerned about getting the risers set up. We're concerned about getting the speakers set up. We're concerned about getting the welcome center set up. We're concerned about getting the nursery set up. We're concerned about getting chairs to all the classes so our Sunday school classes can have their time. I mean, listen, all that's wonderful and great and good. And what's happening now, we're coming in as a church, and instead of focusing and being affectionate to one another, we're coming in here, and all we're concerned about is getting set up. Because, listen, you know as well as I do, it is what? Stressful. Is it not? Hello? Now, listen, we've got to get it set up. I mean, I'm sorry. We're, listen, there are things that have taken place in this whole this whole transition, this whole relocating from Mascuda and selling our building and moving into a school gym, there are there are hurdles that have jumped up. I, the devils beat us up. There are things that I never ever ever saw coming as a result of that. That boom, I, I turn around and boom, I'm hit with that. You know what it all is? Victory. Shame on me, and shame on you for losing that affection, one for another. Hello? Can I preach to you this morning? You okay? You see, there was a day we didn't have to set up. There was a day, now we would do that through the week. We'd work on sound through the week. We'd work on computers through the week. We'd work on videos. We'd work on setup. We'd work on different things through the week. And and those moments, we weren't really concerned about loving on each other. We were concerned about just getting... There was a job that needed to be done. There was a task that needed to be completed. There was whatever. And we got together through the week or on Saturday, and we'd do that. But then on Sunday morning, our, our focus turned towards one another. Let me ask you a question. How affectionate have you been towards your church family this week. Now, I'm not talking about your cliques. I'm not talking about those you love to go out to eat with. I'm not talking about those that you just love to get together with because your responsibility is greater than just two or three or five or six as a church family. Are you all with me this morning? We're obligated to the entire church family. And I guess my question is, how affectionate have we been? Have we shown lots of affection. Well, guys, listen, if we're going to have a church of awe, just like we're going to have a family of ah, then we've got to show tons, lots of affection. Hello? So I want us to be intentional about that. The second thing I want you to jot down, not only must we show lots of affection, but we must fill our home with warmth. Fill our homes with warmth. Listen guys, once again, let me put in another disclaimer. There is no such thing as a home or a family without conflict. Listen, there's going to be conflict in your home. I mean, the devil, first of all, is going to see to it. But then that's, you know, that's just life in general. There's going to be conflict. But I want you to understand, if we work relentlessly to reduce the stress level in the home and to turn up the temperature of warmth in the home I believe there can be less conflict in the home I didn't say there would never be conflict in the home but I believe there can be less if we would reduce some of the stress in the home well how do we reduce some of the stress in the home brother Daniel last week's message I mean I just go back to that the best way to reduce some of the stress in the home is to reduce some of the events on your calendar you see you're gonna have to learn it's okay to say no You can't be everywhere for everybody all the time. Hello? We've got to reduce some of that. We've got to slow down just a little bit. Listen, guys, you know what? If it means fewer activities, if it means less travel, if it means lighter schedules, then we've got to do it as a family, right? In order to get that warmth in our home. If it means that, boy, I I need to go to the pastor and I need to get some counseling, you call me, let's set up a time, let's sit down, I'll buy the coffee at Starbucks, but let's do it. Okay? The point is, we've got to reduce the stress and turn up the warmth. And once again, this is not our children's responsibility. This is the responsibility of the parents. Well, how do we reduce the drama? How do we reduce the stress? How do we reduce all of that? How do we have warmth in the home? I think it goes back to one word. I want you to jot this one word down. Attitude. Attitude. It all comes back to our attitude in life. Now listen, once again, I am not talking about the attitude of our kids. I'm not talking about the attitude of our teenagers. Hello? I'm not talking about the attitude of our junior high children, the preteens. Listen, they're going to have twos all the time, right? I'm talking about the attitude of the parent. It's our responsibility to set the warmth in the home, the thermostat in the home. And I think it comes back to our attitude. I want you to listen to a quote by Chuck Swindoll. He said this. He says, words can never adequately convey the incredible impact of our attitude toward life. He said, the longer I live, the more convinced I become that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. Attitude. Let's ask yourself a question, some deep penetrating questions. How was your attitude last week? How was your attitude in the home? How was your attitude towards the children? How was your attitude towards your spouse? How was your attitude on the job? How's been your attitude towards the church family? You see, all that determines what our warmth level is in the home as well as in the church. I want you to jot down these scriptures or underline it or turn in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22. It says, you took off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, and you're being renewed in the spirit of your minds. Oh, get a hold of that. We've put off the former way of life. We've put off those former things that is corrupted by deceitful desires, the Bible says, and we're being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Where, where, listen church, where are we being renewed? Come on, talk to me. We'll get done faster. We can get to the Grizzly game hopefully by three o'clock. Hello? Where are we? (laughs) I promise you, I'll get you there. Where are we being renewed? Talk to me. In our minds. How do we renew our minds? Not by watching Oprah. Hello? By getting in the Word people say, well, I just don't really have time. Yes, you do. You watch ball games, you watch sitcoms, you watch reruns. I watch NASCAR. We have time. And if we're going to renew our minds, then we've got to find time to get into the word. Let's continue. Verse 24. There's some things that we took off the former way of life. We're renewing our minds through the word of God. We've already established that. Verse number 24, Ephesians 4. And then we are to put on, hello, There are some things that we are to put off and there are some things that we are to put on. Are you tracking with me? In verse 24, put on the new self. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. You know what he's saying right there? He's saying you must be intentional to put on righteousness. You must be intentional to put on purity. You must now be intentional to put on love, to put on compassion, to put on warmth. It's real easy to throw our minds and ourselves in neutral and just react to the situations that we're being bombarded with in our homes and in our life. But the Bible's not saying for us to do that. It's saying for us to be intentional. We've put off some things and we're putting on some things. And some of the things we're putting on is righteousness and purity and we can continue with love and warmth and a good attitude. I want you to ask, I want to ask yourself some um, penetrating questions. Think about these. What type of attitude or warmth, do you personally bring to the home? I mean, if the, just think about it. If the entire warmth and the attitude of the family is up to me, what kind of an attitude am I bringing to the family? Now, I want you to think about this also in, in a wider scale. I want you to think about the church. What kind of a warmth or what kind of attitude are you personally bringing to the church family? Now, folks, listen, once again, we need to be intentional. It's real easy for us, even as a church, to just fall into the mode of reacting to things. And we're just now reacting to this and reacting to that. Reacting. we need to be, we need to put off some things, we need to be intentional. Are you with me this morning? Are y'all with me? Let me ask you about your attitude and your warmth. Is it welcoming? Is it a secure place? Is it an inviting place? Now think about your attitude in the home, but I want you to also at the same time think about your attitude here at church on Sunday. Is it welcoming? You see, our body language has a whole lot to say about that. But our attitudes have even more to say. Let me ask you this one. Do you personally contribute to a negative home environment or a positive one? What have you contributed to this past week in your home? A negative home environment or a positive home environment? What have you contributed this past week or even today at at Victory Church? A negative or a positive attitude and environment? Let me ask you this one. Do you see the glass typically half empty or half full? Are you a pessimist? or are opti- or you or or optimistic? you see it's one of the two and the unfortunate thing is whatever you discern to be whatever you decide to be and I believe whatever you choose to be there's going to be repercussions of that there's going to be results that are going to take place and so the point I'm trying to make is we need to fill our home with warmth let me give you a, a to-do list of some things that um, things to create a warm environment here, here's a couple here number one you may want to jot these down. Just decide in your house and your family, we're going to have a no complaint day. We're going to pick one day of the week and no one in the family can complain about anything, anybody, any situation. There can be no negative attitude, karma, whatever you want to call it, brought into the house. Okay. Now we're going to have to prep ourselves going into this. We have to coach the family, but we're going to say as a family, let's say it's on Tuesday. There can be no complaints whatsoever as a family on Tuesday. You can't complain about your coworker. You can't complain about somebody on the ball team. You can't complain about somebody at school. You can't complain about a teacher. You can't complain because the air conditioner is not working in your car. You can't complain about anything. Okay? I guarantee you that'll change the thermostat in your home. So we're going to have a no-complaint day. Here's another thing you can do. Make a list of things to do to create warmth. What are some things you can do to create warmth in the home? My wife did something this past week. She was in the house, she was in the kitchen, and she was making cookies. Now, there's something about warm cookies coming out of the oven, soft, hot, warm cookies. Man, that just creates a whew, relaxing environment, does it not it Listen, there's some things that you can be intentional about, some things that you can do in the home to create warmth. The third thing maybe you just want to do, just make a decision today. I'm going to have a better attitude. I'm just going to decide today that I am going to put on, as Ephesians 4 says, I'm going to put on righteousness. I'm going to put on purity. I'm going to put on the love of Christ, and I am going to have a better attitude. Here's something else you can do. Get plenty of rest. Just decide, I'm going to get eight hours sleep and go to bed. Hello? And when you go to bed, turn the phone's off. <laughs> don't go to bed and lay there and text for four hours. <laughs> Y'all laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Turn them off. I'm constantly telling my, turn the phones off. Listen, I want you to know I am not available 24 7 all the time. There are times that I go offline. <laughs> yeah, I see you, Pat. Yeah. There are times I go offline. Leave me a voicemail. I'll get back with you. I, now, 9 one is available all the time, okay? Hello? Matter of fact, if it's a real serious thing, you don't want me around anyway, just, I'll just pray. I'll pray for you. Yeah, look at Terry. Brad got hurt on the softball field out there in one of our games and he messed up his shoulder at first base, and he's laying there. It's completely out of sock, socket, and Tracy goes over there and puts his hand up in there, and he's feeling, yep, this thing's out. And I'm walking over there, and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, it's out, it's out. And I said, I said mm, I'm going to go over here and pray for you. So I walked all the way over to second base, and I'm over here praying, and Tracy's there working that thing and pops it back in, and he's okay. Uh-uh, I can't do that kind of stuff. But listen, what we need to understand is we need to get plenty of rest, and something else you need to do. I'm talking about just to to create this warmth. I think it's important that you eat healthy. Hello? It is important. All that affects you. And if we're going to have a good attitude, if we're going to do what the Bible says, then we need to take care of our bodies, we need to get plenty of rest, we need to eat good. That's just being a good steward. That falls back into stewardship principles from the Word of God. I can, I can preach a whole message on just health. But it's important. Now, I don't think it should become your God, but it's important, Right? here's something else you can do, devote 15 minutes a day to inspirational reading or some type of input listen to a sermon, listen to good music listen to somebody preaching, listen to the word of God I mean they have the Bible on mp3, you can get it, put it in your iPod listen to it, wonderful thing or (laughs) here's a news flash just open your Bible you know, whatever happened to just the old fashioned way just sit it on your lap and open it up and read it Okay, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's some things we can do to be intentional. Here's another one. Pray. Just pray together. Pray daily. Spend time in prayer. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, when you look for the bad in people, you shall certainly find it. And that's very true. But I believe also the opposite is true. If you look for the good in people, you will find it. Okay, so the point I'm trying to make is fill your home with warmth. Number three, jot this one down. Provide tons of encouragement. Not only are we going to show lots of affection, not only are we going to fill our homes with warmth, but we're going to provide tons of encouragement. You see, affirmation is much greater motivator than shame and guilt. And so much parenting is done by, by guilt-based parenting or shame-based parenting. Now, let's just decide that we're going we're to turn up the encouragement in the home we're gonna turn up the encouragement in the family listen we're gonna turn up the encouragement in the church listen to what Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24 says now this is a great passage of scripture which talking directly to the church and, and verse number 25 says we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together but what does verse number 24 say? verse number 24 says let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works there it is just be concerned about each other. And even in your home and in your family, be concerned about the other person. Realize, you remember a week or so ago I preached and I gave the illustration how it's not about me, the movie's not about us, it's about God, it's all about him, right? Even in the home, it's not necessarily about me. I need to be concerned about the other person. Hebrews 10:24. Even in the church family, we need to be concerned about the other person. Okay? be concerned about each other. Provide tons of encouragement. Someone once said they did a study and they said it took nine affirming comments to make up for one critical comment. You realize that? So realize in the home when you make that one critical comment, that one sharp piercing comment, it's going to take nine more to that child to make up for that one. And that just gets you at the the benchmark at the balance level. The same thing is true even in the church family. Guys, let's guard the tongue. Let's be careful what we say. Hello? Let's be encouraging one to another and let's strive to build a family and a church of awe. A-W-E. Here's something that I've discovered this this summer. Debbie and I have have gotten into and something we enjoy doing at the house and it's not real big but we've gotten into gardening. And we've, we've plowed up a place out behind the back of the house and we've got a little garden out there and, and uh, we've got some little plants and cucumbers and squash and peppers and i and, uh, planted some green beans and have them climbing up this lattice and, and uh, some tomatoes, different things. But here's, here's what I've discovered. If you don't water daily or often, that stuff's going to dry up. And it's going to dry up fast. Matter of fact, on my front porch I've got those hanging baskets and it's those um, sweet potato vines that you put in a hanging basket and they just fall over do you realize those things have to have water every single day to be pretty to grow to be healthy do you realize that? do you realize if you're going to plant a garden it's going to produce good fruit or good vegetables I should say (laughs) then you know what it needs? it needs water without water it dries up it just shrivels up but to my amazement if you just come by and give it a little bit of water, you look at it in an hour or so and it starts just coming back to life. I mean, it may look like it's completely dead, but just a little bit of water and it's flourishing again. Guys, do you realize the little lesson I learned this, week, this year planting our little garden? I said, you know, that's very true even in our life. If we just give a little bit of encouragement to someone, if we give a little bit of encouragement to our family if we give a little bit of encouragement to our spouse and to our children and to our church family you'll be amazed at how it can flourish you see because those words of encouragement are just like water on a hot day to any type of plant that you may have around your house so let me ask you a question are you giving that kind of encouragement are you encouraging one another are you pouring that into the church family are you pouring that into your family I'm going to wrap up with these four or five things right here. I'm going to give you an odd to-do list. And jot these down if you will, please. Here's four or five things that I want you to do. And I want you to make a commitment to start doing this today. Number one, say I love you. I mean, listen, you, some, people, some people said, well, I, you know, I, I told you I loved you years ago. If it ever changes, I'll let you know. L- you know listen, that's not good enough. You know, that just doesn't work, does it? so in your home be sure you tell your spouse be sure you tell your children I remember one of the scenarios we did in our 930 Bible study and we're going through the boards and we're writing down these parenting scenarios and and I heard one group in the back say always let them know you love them regardless if they mess up reaffirm your love to them And I think that's true listen in our homes we need to be telling each other how much we care for one another that we love each other don't ever take that for granted okay turn that up in the home as well as in the church home or church family turn up that love for one another be sure you encourage each other be sure you let each other know how much you care for each other be sure you speak encouragement and let that person know you value them okay right Jesus values everybody doesn't he he died for everybody so we should value everybody second thing I want you to do show physical affection every day in your family give meaningful touches and hugs and kisses and high fives or knuckles You know, sometimes my kids and I, we have this little pack. If it's in a a big environment and they get a little bit shy about the hugs and the kisses, we'll bust knuckles, okay? And they know what that means. But I don't like to do that a whole lot. I like to give the hugs and the kisses. But we will bust knuckles from time to time, and there's that affectionate touch. But the point is, we need to have and show that physical affection. Number three, listen. Listen. You see, when you slow down and listen to your child that lets them know that you care. And when's the last time, Mom? When's the last time, Dad, that you sat down with your children and you just let them talk and you just listened? Without telling them to do something, you just listening. You see, a lot of times, kids just look at somebody to talk to. Right? And they they can't. Somebody says, well, you know, they just don't talk to Mom and Dad. Well, there's probably a reason. Hello? You're always too busy, maybe you show that you're not concerned, although I know deep down you are, but we've got to be careful what we're speaking with our body language and our activities. Listen, guys listen, the same thing is true in the church. Don't be so busy that you can't listen to one another. Listen to what people have to say, okay? Fourth thing, jot this one down, use eye contact. When you're talking to your children, when you're engaged in your family time, look at each other. Have positive, reaffirming body language. It lets your children know that you care. The same thing is true in the church. Stand up, honey. Come on. Don't walk up to somebody and, how are you today? Good. That doesn't work. You walk up to say, hey! No, this is my wife, okay? <laughs> you know, but you walk up and give them a good eye contact and a handshake. shaking. You say, I'm done. I just want to give you a hug right there. I felt like you needed one. Listen, the point is, make good eye contact. I'm talking about with your kids. I'm talking about with your family. Let them know you care. Let them know that you value them. Spend time with them. Listen to them. Make eye contact with them. Touch them. Hug them. Kiss them. All these things. And then number five, pray. Pray. Pray for your family. Pray, pray, pray for your family. And let them know you're praying for them. You know, I shot Tyler some texts this week and I shot all my family texts this week. They're all out doing their different things and I wanted them to know that I just spent some time praying for them and I shot them a little message. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you today. God bless you. Have a great day. Yada yada. You know, that's just that affirmation. That's just that encouragement and praying for your family. So guys, I guess in closing, can we be intentional about developing and creating and establishing a family of awe of affection and warmth and encouragement in the home but not only in the home can we purpose in our heart, listen I know we're busy on Sunday mornings and you know what's going to take place as soon as we close out this service everybody's going to grab chairs and people's going to start tearing things down and people's going to start busy running back and forth with buggies and carts and getting it all loaded up and, and we're going to miss We're going to miss out on what's really important. And that's that affection and that warmth and that encouragement that we have with each other. I remember back in the day when we had a building, before we had to sell it and move out of it, I would have to flash the lights in the building to get people to leave. (laughs) Literally. Folks, let's go, thing's over, it's been over for an hour, okay? What was happening? People were showing affection and warmth and encouragement to each other. and just loving on each other. Now, guys, I realize the chairs have got to be put up. I realize the equipment's got to put in, be put in the trailer. But you know what, guys? I'm kind of up to here with all this stuff. I'm almost to the point we don't set up anything. Let's just come in here and sit on the floor if we can get back to having a church of awe if we're going to lose the affection if we're going to lose the warmth we're going to lose the encouragement because we've got to get the stuff set up I say let's do away with the stuff until we get a building we'll work on the stuff through the week and we'll focus on people when it comes time for worship and we've got to be intentional about that will you help me? will you help me? so let's do that let me pray for you and then we're going to have a song Father Lord we love you. We thank you God for our families that you've blessed us with. God we thank you for our church family. God we are in transition as a church family right now. and Sometimes it's real easy to lose sight of the main thing and that is loving you and loving each other. God help us to to refocus. Help us to be intentional. Help us once again as a church family to to experience and and to share in that Ah. I pray, God, for our homes and our families. And I know we're going to have conflicts. And I know we're going to have situations that come up that are difficult to deal with. But in the midst of all of that, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to show affection and warmth and encouragement in our homes. Bless our parents, God. Father, we can't do this by ourselves. We need you. Bless our families and our church. In Jesus' name we pray.